You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to a, a very disappointing uh, Wednesday bulletin where Rangers have been defeated 4 0 away in the um, We've got JB. Um, he's He was, I was going to say, lucky enough to get to the game, but he's over in Ajax and now, as you can see, kind of walking through the through Amsterdam. How, how are you after that, JB? A little bit deflated, to be fair. I think um, it's not very often we watch Rangers over the years when you come out of the stadium. And there's zero positive to take, and I think that's that's twice in a week now. I think we've had that. Um, other probably Leon King, there's probably nobody that you say just played anywhere near the potential. Um, it's all right, very good side, but if you let any any professional footballer knock the ball down, they're gonna make you look stupid, and that's what they did today. So, no, it's really disappointing to be honest. Um, I just I thought the manager from the manager's tactics, I thought we're all over the place. Uh, I've never seen a 5-2-3 work at any level of football, whether it be amateur football, professional football, and I don't see it working against a team like I have. To have Ryan Jack and Greg Kamara as a two-man midfield, I think they had four in the midfield, and they were just picking us off before. It was embarrassing. Um, and, and without being too hasty, I can't see how Van Bronck coming back from it. He just sat there looking clueless. There's lads on the bench like um, Real Maz, Davis, Morelos. They all need minutes. And they're all sitting there. Um, nothing, not, not, getting, not even getting 15, 20 minutes. And then you've got lads like Sholak, who's a coacher. You know what Sholak's been brought in to do. He's been put, brought in with the ball in the back of the net. If you're not creating chance for us, don't play him. Don't run him into the ground. Uh, it's a bit typical if someone like Sholak can pick up a little hamstring injury. And um, as I say, you can go scattered on. You can go scattered on with it. But um, I say because there's so many, there's so few positives. So we'll wait and see. So, we'll try and get a little beer anyway. So anyway, that was me. I'll let you uh, have a little chat about yourselves while I get a beer. Yeah, that's quite all right, JB. I think, I think like a lot of us, um, very emotional after that defeat, Ross. Um, I think GB's given us quite a nice summary of a, of a few things there. And, and I know across the board, there's a lot of Rangers supporters that, that echo a lot of the points that GB was making there. Um, how, how do you feel about it yourself, Ross? 
Yeah, I'm in a bit of a weird state emotionally, to be honest. Um, it probably shows the the problems that we have right now because I didn't really expect much from tonight. I think I expected a, a, a little bit of a lift in performance, but ultimately I expected to lose the game. I think the the real sucker punch is how we've lost that game again. I mean, it, it's really a carbon copy of what we've seen at, at Parkhead at the weekend. Uh the the manner of some of the goals that we've lost are just inexplicable, really. Um, there's just a real lack of intensity from the team. Real effort on show is just not there, and it's really it's it's hard to describe right now. Actually, I think the best way to describe it is scuttered. Like that's the way I feel about the team right now. Um, I I can feel their lack of confidence. Like I I can feel it. Which is worrying, you know. This is the the first game of the Champions League. This is what we've all been working back towards for a long time. And I know we had a disappointing result of the weekend, but this really was a fresh start for the team. This was the ability to put things behind them from the weekend and go out there and and give us a performance. That's all. I don't think Rangers fans really expected a result. They just expected a performance. Yeah. Um. I say GB's up, dropped out there. He's done really well with that summary, to be fair. Um, I've, I've actually just read a statistic on my phone there when um, JB was given his, his part. And I, I seen that Johnny McFarlane tweeted that IX ran six kilometers more than Rangers tonight. Now, that's with IX having the majority of the ball. That's extremely worrying. That That's, that's worrying. Um, and I, I'm and I'm with JB on that. I didn't feel the, I didn't feel that Van Bronckhorst had the answers on the bench. Looking at him in those TV pictures, he he just looked lost. Um, and it's a really really weird place to be in so early on in the season. And if you go back two weeks ago when we qualified for the Champions League, it was there was an unbelievable feeling around the club. It's completely gone. It's gone. Um. And I worry for this manager now. I said it uh, the weekend, um, or I said it on Monday when we when we had the discussion. I worry for the manager, and I can understand why there's a lot of people questioning his position tonight. Yeah, it's um, certainly amongst the this is Ibrooks group chat and 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 on Twitter, it's 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 rife talking about about Gio's position at the moment. We'll maybe come to that um, towards the end of the pod, but. I always stick to this, but we are a post-match reaction pod, so let's try and, and get into it as, as sort of much as we can, Ross. And yes, but I think before we start, I think something just to pick up on something you said there, we were expecting a reaction tonight. Some anything, just just something because Saturday was unacceptable. And I never like seeing this as a range of supporter. You don't want to say like getting beat four 0 off Ajax is acceptable, but if there's a performance here, I mean we're not. Nobody or no Saden Rangers fan is expecting us to go out and, you know, top this group or, or get maximum points or anything like that. But we're just looking, you know, we, we, we equipped ourselves well last year in Europe and, and OK, we got some fantastic results, but the, the performances were there. We we wanted it and it just didn't look like we wanted it today. But anyway, um, we'll go. We'll just start off with the, with the start in 11. Um, we started off with McLaughlin and goals. 
Um, maybe a surprise again. Seen a lot of comments on Twitter for, about him starting. Uh, we had Tavit right back, Goldson Sands, Barisic. We appeared to have sort of Lundstrom sitting as, as a deep line midfielder in the first half with Kamara Tillman slightly further forward, um, uh, Kent on the left, and uh, Cholak up front with, with Scott. This is what I'm saying. I can't even write Scott Wright's name down on, on my starting 11. I've written Barisic, but um, yeah, Scott Wright there. Um, were you surprised at that starting 11, given the, given the performance at the weekend, Ross? No, I actually wasn't surprised by the starting 11. I, I felt it, that would be the starting 11. Uh, other than Arfield, I felt Arfield would maybe come in off the right. I can maybe understand why he went for Scott Wright, maybe feeling we're not going to have a lot of the ball tonight and he's maybe going to give us that opportunity to progress up the pitch. But that was that was ultimately the team I expected. That is probably a problem that we have overall, though. Um, after a performance like that at the weekend, 4-0, the fact that you're expecting the same team to line up for the next game, that probably shows you where we are right now with the squad. But no, ultimately, I, I wasn't surprised by the lineup. I totally understand why he's taken that route. Um, I don't think he'll take this route again, um, but I can understand why he made the decision to to go with that lineup tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll maybe just stick with and John McLaughlin. Were you surprised to see him starting, given the, I think, deserved criticism that he faced at the weekend? No, again, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think you can see where <laughs> there isn't a lot of positives right now, but you can see the Rangers have got a lot better in their, their build-up this season. Now, of course, we haven't seen that the last couple of games, but overall, we, we do seem to be better at playing the ball from the back, and McLaughlin has had a, a decent role in that. So I I can't see the manager completely scrapping that after one poor result. Um, so no, I wasn't surprised to see John McLaughlin tonight. But ultimately, that position is it's up for debate. You know, people feel that John McLaughlin should have been out after his performance. Can totally understand why, uh, and a lot of people feel he should should keep his place because McGregor ultimately isn't up to it either. So we're we're in a bit of a sticky situation, but. No, I wasn't surprised to see John McLaughlin goal tonight. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair comment. Um, look, at, it's, it's difficult reading through my notes here for this. It seemed almost positive in the first 10 minutes. I think I've written down something like uh, the open 10 minutes with both sides sort of finding their feet. Um, Rangers, I thought, maintained a good shape. You know, all things pointed quite positively in the first 10 minutes, I would say. Um, both teams sort of sussing each other out at this point. There was a good... A good battle between between Bassey and Cholak, but unfortunately Bassey, <laughs> as he did throughout the game, uh, seemed to win a lot of those. Um, but yeah, what was your sort of th- thoughts in in the opening ten minutes? And 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 I don't know. Were you confident at that point that Rangers could possibly do something, or 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 not have the collapse that they basically went on to have? Well, it's interesting you say there that you took some notes early, and you 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 were maybe saying about Rangers shape. Um, out of possession and things. I actually have exactly the same note that I was taking from the game. I, I felt we started quite well. Um, I think the shape was good off the ball. Ajax really weren't getting a lot of joy. Um, now, of course, it's early on in the game. They're probably feeling their way into it. But I, I didn't feel like we started particularly poorly. Um, I didn't feel like the all-round performance in terms of the, yeah, the first 10, 15 minutes. You know. I didn't think it was going to lead to that kind of performance. That's probably the best way to describe it. I felt like we started okay. Um didn't look under any real pressure. You could start to feel Ajax starting to turn it up a wee bit. So I wasn't surprised once they started to create a few chances. But no, I didn't I, I didn't feel we started uh, badly at all. I actually thought we were quite good, to be honest. And that's what I've noted down. 
Yeah. And the next action point to, to sort of come on to is 16 minutes and it's the it's the first goal for Ajax. Well, I think before that, I don't want to say we just had a half chance, but it was a ball sort of launched up. I think Tillman took it in quite well to his feet, you know, took it past a couple of players, but we just, it was symptomatic of the whole night. We just could not fashion a chance from that. Um, but anyway, so Ajax sort of step it up a wee bit here, 16 minutes. It's a, they get a corner, it's a goal that comes in. Um, I think this might be the most if you could put it in raging goal of the night, given that it's absolutely scandalous for me that how a how a player, uh, a central defender for Ajax can have a free header in the box. There was nobody challenging him at all. Um, he just placed it into an empty net. No man in a post again. Um, and uh, I I blame zonal marking entirely for this yet again. Ross, your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, it's funny you said that because that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's going to it's going to bring up that debate between man marking and zonal marking again, um, and quite rightly, to be honest, because listen, I, I think I've said before, I am a fan of zonal marking, but when you keep conceding goals like this, it, it it's quite right, it gets questioned. So it's hard for me to defend it. What I will say at the moment with set pieces, um, I don't feel like there's someone really taking responsibility. Um, there's just not someone just willing to maybe just break out from that zone and think if I don't get there, someone else isn't going to get there. And I need to get ahead onto that ball. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I think they, they had that with the, the BT sport analysis. They were saying there were, you know, six men caught under the ball. And that is exactly it. If you get six men caught under the ball, you're going to, you're going to find it difficult to defend it. Um, it's hard for me to pick out actually who's at fault for it. I don't know how you feel on that. It's hard for me to identify who yeah. really should be um, getting his head onto that. And I think that's the problem right there. Um, I don't think there's a, a clear understanding from the majority of the players on the park. Um, and it's worrying because we've seen this before. Obviously, the, the last two goals we did concede in the Champions League qualifier were set pieces from PSV. And to see that, kick off the game again against Ajax you do it is a bit of deja vu isn't it you feel like oh here we go again yeah. so something we need to address now it's one of many to be honest with you but I'm, I'm with you it's one of those goals you do feel that you don't want to lose that kind of goal especially when you're playing an opposition of that higher level you'd rather just get cut open and feel like okay we're playing a good team here but it's a free header and um yeah there's just no one taking responsibility again it's a, it's, a, it's a poor goal to lose. And as you said, I, I think you've had the nail on the head with that one in terms of with the zonal marking. It, it, it's very easy to, to, like, you don't know exactly who's who. Like, if somebody's in a zone, they can very easily transition to another zone because it's only, what, three yards away. And that's another man getting that ball. And yeah, it was just poor. I, I don't know who to blame. And I don't think the players knew, knew who was actually picking that guy up. So, but uh, yeah. Anyway, the sort of next two points, um, again, very small positives that I can take out of the first half. I've put on 20 minutes. Um, Ajax were, were really, really going through the gears at this point. I think that they could they could almost smell blood on us in terms of that this team are here for, for the taking, to be honest with you. Um, they really, really stepped it up. Um, and uh, I think McLaughlin had a couple of good saves uh, in here. Um, and then the next sort of action point was, was 28 minutes. This seemed to it's infuriated me quite a lot in the first half. The some of the passing was just so short at times. Like I don't know what it was. Like I've never. It's been a while since I've seen a Rangers performance where we just couldn't get get the measure. It's, it's almost like a boxer, you know, trying to get the measure of the punches. We just we could not find the that sweet spot with the with the range of passing. Um, 
But yeah, he's, the one I'm talking about in particular here is the one between sort of Tav and Lundstrom. I couldn't figure out if it was a bad ball from Tav or if it was Lundstrom let it let it run too much. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a great a great block by Ajax, and and at this point Rangers were were really really under the cost, Ross. Yeah, I, th- I think what you've said there regarding the passing, it was like that all night. Um, I think there was on the second half with Kamara where he's breaking and he turns inside and he goes to play a, a square ball, um, which can you can I suppose that's a, a way of progressing up the park as well. If you can switch it to the other side, but it's just it just runs past and, and we end up losing the ball. That this one I was the same. I took a note for this because this stood out for me. I, I think you're right on both. I think Tav is short with a pass, mm-hmm. and I think Lundstrom takes too long. I think he feels there's too there's a lot of power in the ball and and quickly realizes there isn't and he and he's too lackluster and he gets he gets picked off. Um all round, yeah, the passing tonight was just really poor. From a team that that's not one of the the kind of weaknesses I would give for this Rangers side. They do have a lot of good technical players. Mm. It's not something I would ever attribute to them that they they are a wee bit slack with their passing sometimes. That's just not something that ever pops into my mind. But tonight, oh yeah, the the, the passing was awful. And let me just say before we continue, we were playing a good side tonight, right? So yeah. you know, when you're playing against a side like this, they they will tend to make you look worse than you probably are. That is just football. Um, ultimately, we were playing a really really good Ajax side, and they did start to turn it on at this point. Their press was phenomenal. Yeah. really good like every time um, we had the ball in our in our final third they were right on us you know the press was really good but ultimately when you do have an opportunity to keep the ball for a while and and, and hold on to possession you must be better and that's where we lack tonight Um, I can hold my hands up and say we we're playing a good team but we didn't do enough when we had the ball Um, and ultimately didn't do enough off the ball either so yeah just an all around terrible night yeah, yeah. Again, I think you've summed it up perfectly there. Um, the next action point to come on to, thirty-one minutes, is is where Ajax made it two nil. Uh, this is very brief in the notes for me. I've just written that as an unfortunate goal to concede with a deflection, but having maybe had a wee look back at it at half time and and uh, at the end of the match, there perhaps felt Barisic maybe could have stepped out a wee bit more. Um, for this one, but. It, you can't really do anything at the end of the day, Ross, if it, if it hits off one of your own players and, 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 and catches the keeper off guard. Yeah, but it is a bit of an unlucky goal to concede now. I'm not I'm not saying that that takes away from the, the build-up. We, we should have been better, and I think you're right. I think Borna could have maybe been out a wee bit quicker. Um, I think that's maybe one to learn from James Sands. If he doesn't feel like he can, he can make a, a, a real good enough contact on the ball, you're probably, I know it sounds weird, you're probably let, better letting it go because I think McLaughlin had a good sight of it. Um, but that one's difficult to judge, isn't it? As a defender, you just want to try and stop that ball. So I'm not going to be too critical on James Sands there. Um, he was he was very unfortunate with that touch. He actually had a phenomenal interception about two or three minutes before that. Um, I think that was from the, the Lundstrom um, slack, uh, slack pass. So yeah, I felt bad for him at that point because I thought, wow, you've you you really stood up for us, you know, two minutes before that. So then for that to happen to him, yeah, just yeah, summed up the right. It was it was a poor goal to concede again. Yeah, and and at this point, I'm just sitting thinking, just if we can try and make it to to half time at, at two 0 at this point, just regroup and and just sort of stem the flow here. Um, but but Ajax, um, again, as you said, they they were phenomenal tonight. They 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 did really really turn it up and and. Um, and go through the gears at points, but um, it was kudos. Um, the balls are in the middle of the pitch. I just, 
I know he's went off injured here um, at half-time, Tav, or, or that seems to be what, what's doing the rounds. Um, for me, he's, he's got to be doing better. He's got to stop that at source. Albeit, it, it was a fantastic run, and pff, I, we don't often face shots like that in, in our domestic league. Um, you can perhaps get away with it um, in the SPFL, but but not at Champions League level. It's, it's unforgivable, that, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is actually the worst goal of the night for me, surprisingly. Um, probably because I've seen the set-piece goal before and I know it's an issue. Um, but that one was not... I know James Tavernier has had a lot of criticism over the, year for his def- over the years for his defending, right? But he has been a lot better at it. This one is criminal. You know, he's just... He's got two... He's, he's came out well out of position to press him. And when he's got there, he's just been turned so easily and he just doesn't have the capacity to get back and make a challenge. And yeah, let, let's be fair here. It's an absolutely phenomenal strike, right? John McLaughlin's got no chance, but he shouldn't be able to get to that position. Um, he's just easily turned Tavernier and he's ran about 15, 20 yards really unopposed because he just can't get back. Yeah, yeah worst goal of the night for me, that one. Um that it didn't actually surprise me hearing Tavernier come off at half time after that goal because I just thought it's it's on Van Bronckhorst's side, isn't it? So he's watching it yeah. and he must just be like, What is going on here? This is this is the captain. Um it, it's shocking, it's really bad. And and yeah, listen, if Tavernier we all heard the rumors before Parkhead at the weekend that Tavernier could have been out with an injury, right? Um so if he is carrying something. Um, then I maybe feel a wee bit sorry for him. But ultimately, once you're on the pitch, you're going to be judged. Um, and the manager should be coming out and making it clear now that he is carrying something uh, because his performance tonight was really poor. And let's be honest, this season he hasn't been great so far. James Tavernier, he's not the only one, uh, but he hasn't really been up to it this season. And and that really just highlighted that again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair enough. Um, I it's just up until half time. Ajax created a few more chances. There was another uh, McLaughlin save in there, I think, um, before half time. Um, but yeah, I think at this stage, uh, a lot of us were just happy. Uh, as terrible again as this sounds to, to get in at the break at, at, at 3 0. At this point, I've written down uh, in, in big letters here, <laughs> big capital letters, uh, what is our identity as a team? Like, what what is happening on this pitch? How is this going? so wrong pretty much um I think it was Richard Goff that said you know you're only one defeat away from a from a crisis at Rangers and um, and it's only half time and that's two in the trot but I think it was pretty evident that we had zero chance at getting in it uh getting back into this game I think that for me that's the most disappointing thing about the whole thing was three nil 30 minutes and the, <laughs> the game's done um we, we didn't even give ourselves a chance but yeah I, it's a difficult one to answer, but if I'd like to pick your brains about that, Ross. What is the identity of, of Rangers at the moment? Are we a, are we a counter-attacking team? Are we a pressing team? What are we? I think I spoke about this on, on the Monday pod, actually. I, I think our, our, our Van Bronckhorst philosophy is all about control. He wants to feel in control of a game. So our build-up is quite slow. It's quite predictable, but it feels like, listen, if we've got hold of the ball, they don't, and ultimately they can't score. And even tonight, I think you could feel our shape out off the ball. It was about control. It was trying to keep Ajax towards certain areas. Of course, that didn't last very long, but I can see that's what he's going for. I think you're right, though. Even if that is what I conceive as the philosophy there there isn't a real identity. I don't there isn't any kind of real patterns of play when we attack. 
You, you know, you, you could see that clearly under Steven Gerrard and Michael Beale. You knew how Rangers attacked. It, it was it was very obvious. And sometimes to the detriment, we didn't really move from that, but at least you had a clear understanding. You knew what everyone's role in the team was. I, I don't feel that at all. I don't get that from Van Bronckhorst at all. He's constantly moving people around. And listen, I get it. It was really successful for us last season. He moved people around in that European run and he made the most of it. But ultimately, you do need to have a wee bit of consistency in your team. Yeah. And we just don't seem to have that, especially in midfield. It's arguably the most important area of the park, and we don't have any consistency in there. The only consistent figure in there is John Lundstrom. But he asked him, he asked him to play three, four different roles. Yeah. So I just, yeah, you're you're bang on. I, I'm not surprised you wrote that. Um, my notes kind of stopped after halftime, to be honest with you. I just get caught up in the emotion of the game. Um so fair play that you were still writing things at this point, yeah. but you're you're right. There's there's no identity. Um, I'm curious what you think. What what do you think? Do can you see anything at all? Oh no, that's why I wrote that down. And and yeah. I, I I don't know what our identity is. I think that we are asking too much of of too many players. To be honest, I think it's I understand the way Geo works. I just think it's it's a very complex system, and the things that we got asked to do tonight, i.e. Uh, again, I know I'm not. I won't be the only one frustrated um, in terms of our passing the ball at the back. But you're not good enough to be doing that against a team like Ajax. You could maybe get away with it against some of the teams in in the Europa League last year. But just to it's, I, I don't want to say it's it's madness. I think for me sometimes the way we played, um, I, I have no idea what our identity is. As you said, um, we knew exactly how we were going to be against Gerard. Although that did get levelled at him as criticism sometimes because he didn't really. What was what was Plan B? Do Plan A better type thing? But um, yeah, I, I just I don't really know what's what's happening at, at Rangers at the moment. But um, it needs sorted pronto, doesn't it? But um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll try and we'll stick with the game here, Ross. Uh, Geo made three subs at half time. Again, absolute madness that we're saying it, but they made it took Tillman right and Tav off. Obviously, Tav with the injury, it seems like. Um, that seems to be what, what's coming out post-match is that I think Gio's as good as said that Tav's struggling with a bit of an injury. Um, and we put Jack Matondo and, and, and King on. Um, and by the way, King is the only positive that I can take out of this game that he didn't look phased against a, a world-class uh, side. But uh, yeah, pretty evident from these changes that the, the Gio's just shutting up shop, isn't he? Because as I said before, at 3-0 at 30 minutes, the game was done. Yeah, I think it was evident. It was, it was damage limitations, wasn't it? Um, the, the subs confused me a tad um, I'm not someone can uh, tell me if I'm right or wrong here was was Adam Devine on the bench tonight? Uh, I'm not sure I need to double check that I, I'm assuming he was but but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head so that, that was the part that I found particularly strange about this move um, Leon King been pushed out to right back um, you're you're 3-0 down if you want Leon King on the pitch. It's probably best for his development that you just play him in some sort of central role. And if that means you don't, you know, you, you move things around, you don't potentially bring Ryan Jack on, you bring Devine on. I don't know. That that was a weird one for me. Mm -hmm. I can understand why he's done that. He wants Jack in there for solidity, but let's be honest, Jack hasn't been great so far this season. So that was that was a strange one. I, don't get me wrong, I understood the substitutions, and I think we that's what we all really hoped for, if we were honest, because like you said before, the game's done at 3-0. You know, we could we could have that fight and spirit, but let's be honest, it's done. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna score three plus against this Ajax side at home. Mm -hmm. 
ultimately it's over. So yeah, I can understand the substitutions, but again, just weird, just putting players in roles that they're not familiar with and you've got options there to not do that. Strange, mate. Really strange. The only thing I'll say about that is I've seen Gio put uh, King at right back before. Um, Mm. I'm I'm sure sure he switched uh, maybe in a pre-season game. I'm sure he actually had Divine on the left and King on the right at one point, which which had me scratch my head. But but yeah, I think think to, to not put a a natural choice right back. Maybe some people are questioning that, but for what it's worth, as I said, I thought Leon King was was the only positive um, that you can take out of that game in Amsterdam. Um, again, it, there's only two real things <laughs> to talk about from a positive point of view from Rangers in the second half. I got 65 minutes. Um, Matondo, again, was really the only glimpse of a quality that I felt he showed in the whole game. Um, he put a, put an early ball in the box for, for Kent, and Kent just sort of sclaps at it and, it, and it goes wide. Um, do you think Kent's got to do a wee bit better in this this chance, Ross? I, I, th- I think it's hard for him to get across the defender there. Um, listen, I'd love to criticise him today because I don't think he was great overall. Ryan Kent um, gave the ball away so many times when he didn't need to. But uh, this one, I'm, I, I, I'd probably be being a wee bit harsh. I think if he gets across his man better um, and he doesn't hit the target, then I'm like, okay, he should have done better there. And maybe that's a criticism. Maybe he has to get across his man better. That's maybe the way to look at it. But I just felt from his position, do you know what, mate? Ultimately, you don't expect Ryan Kent to take these chances, do you? That's really the problem we have here. You would, I, I don't feel confident when he's in that position. So that's probably why I'm not too disappointed that he actually missed the chance. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to be too harsh on him in that one. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. Uh, look, in the next sort of two points to talk about, uh, one in 68 minutes, I thought this was a brilliant ball from Lundstrom up to Kent. Kent runs, um, sort of cuts it back. I thought he'd lost it at this point as well. Barisic does very well just to sort of nick in, and it's um, quite reminiscent of the goal that he scored against Blackpool in, in pre-season friendly with us. was an excellent finish from his right foot, but, you know... I, I'm not going to be critical of VAR. It's, it, uh, that's what it's there to do. Kent was offside and it was correctly ruled for offside, Ross. Yeah, can't criticise VAR, to be honest. That's exactly what we'd want. You know, you you want to win the game fairly and you want to lose the game fairly. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a blow tonight because, yeah, that was a, a really, really nice finish from Borna Barisic. Um, and actually, I felt deserved it because he'd made a really great tackle in Kudus when he was through on goal, maybe about two or three minutes before. Um, so I felt like he really earned that opportunity and, and he took it brilliantly. And you could see how gutted he was at, when it was ruled out. Um, he was looking for that as well and might have gave us a bit of a lift going in towards the end of the game and maybe could have salvaged some pride out of that. But yeah, just... Um, Bit disappointed Ryan Kent there. Probably has a, a a long opportunity to get back and get onside and, and give us a real opportunity. If the ball comes over the top, he can make the most of it and he's just a bit slack. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately that costs us. So you're you're right to, to highlight the ball from John Lundstrom. Though it's a great pass. Great pass. He's in he's in his own corner, really, and he and he's picked out over the top. So yeah, we'll give him credit there, but just a bit of a just just a blow, isn't it? Really, at that point, you're you're not expecting much, but it's just kicks you right in the balls again. To yeah. be honest, it's a tough one. Well, that's exactly what it was. It was just it was a kick of the stones. It just made an awful night even even more awful. Um, and the and the absolute last action point to talk about in the game comes in seventy nine minutes. And at this point, I was, I, I was um, what's the word I'm looking for? I was. 
uh, surprised at how eerily parallel this was to, to Saturday's game and the fact that we're 3-0 down after 30 minutes, t- game's effectively over, and then the fourth goal is just a silly, silly mistake. Um, it was a really, really poor ball from, from Jack. I've, I, I've no idea why he's sort of making that pass. I would have thought Barisic would have, would have been an easier pass to make at, at left back there. But he puts it in a really dangerous area. Golden's just not read it. And, and Stephen Bergvine, who was uh, phenomenal for them tonight, um, I think you can see why he's got eight goals in, in seven games for them after he's moved back from, from Tottenham. But I suppose that's the levels we're competing against. We are in the Champions League now. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really a, another poor goal to lose. Yeah, I believe Tottenham paid around thirty million for this guy, so I'm not surprised that he's he's making us look a wee bit uh, amateur, to be honest. But yeah, I agree with you on this one with Ryan Jack. I feel there's an easier pass to Borna Barisic and just takes a bit of a risk. What I will say with Ryan Jack is he's usually very crisp with these sort of passes. That's really what he's good at. Um, good at these one touch balls, but he's just got it completely wrong. And you're right, it is. It's just so similar to the weekend that it's it's just strange. It's weird to think about. Ultimately, I think at that stage of the game, Ajax are coasting, they've taken their foot off the gas. And yeah. let's be honest, we have really as well mentally, right? So see, at that stage of the game, I just want us to, to not really take any risks other than if you really feel there's an opportunity to play through on goal, then play it. But really, you're just wanting the team to not take any risks and, and keep the scoreline as low as possible, right? So that one is just, that's just game management, to be honest with you. That's just taking unnecessary risks at a point of the game that... I don't think Ajax were really bothered about scoring again. Uh, I, they really, really did take the foot off the gas in the second half. So, yeah, that that's just gifting a goal again, um, exactly the way we did at the weekend. So, yeah, again, just just absolutely scuttered with that one, mate. Yeah, look, I think that's that's it in terms of discussing the the game and what happened in the game. It was a a really really disappointing night in the, uh, in our first night back in, in in twelve years. And I mean, the only thing I can say is again, the only positive I can take from that it was was King's performance. That that's a good bit of experience for him. Um, and in the next game, I I, I touch wood when I say this, but hopefully it, it can't be as bad as that. Um, but look, we'll get into it. There's a couple of things before we go, Ross, that I want to touch on. I think I think that um, something McCoy said at halftime um, on BT that, that I, I picked up, it was like the, the thing that stands out for, for him was that the team just have no belief in themselves. We have no belief in them ourselves. And, and I think that's uh, that's absolutely spot on. Where has this come from and, and how is this sort of... I mean, do you have an answer for why this has happened to us? Well, yeah, that this was something I highlighted right at the beginning. I just I could feel tonight like th- there was no confidence in that team. I, I, there was just there was not. I was getting nothing back for them. Um, it was strange. I mean, we did start okay, but just in possession, we just didn't look like we had any real belief that we could trouble Ajax once we got possession of the ball. I think this ultimately stems from having a poor couple of um, results against Hibs and Celtic. And the majority of our domestic games this season, we we haven't been great, to be honest with you. And it's maybe just one game rolling into the next. I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to answer this one, actually. Usually I, I can come up with something, but I'm struggling yeah. with this one. There seems to be a... I don't know how you feel in this one. I, I do feel like there seems to be a wee bit of a disconnect between the players and the manager. And I think you're starting to see that on the pitch now. What I can't really understand, though, is where that's came from. And ultimately, that's what you're asking me. 
I don't know where that's came from because they qualified for the Champions League two weeks ago and you really felt like the group was together. This was it. We've 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 hit the target of hitting the Champions League. This is it. This is going to kick start us this season. We're going to just roll into games now. We haven't. You know, we, we obviously played well against, was it St. Johnston after the PSV game? But Hibs, we didn't do enough that day. Ultimately, the referee was poor and then... Celtic is just an absolutely atrocious result, and and this has just compounded it. So, yeah, I'm curious to to know what you think. Uh, to be honest, because I don't know where the the lack of self belief and the the no confidence is has came from. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I'm the same. I'm struggling as well. I mean, the only thing I can kind of liken this to is if you remember, sort of under the Gerard era, if we didn't score in the first sort of ten to twenty minutes, the heads went down. And it was just, it, it reminds me a bit of that. And, and you know, I never, I've never really said this before. I think I've always said it once in a podcast before. And it's, it's there, there are some players that I feel could be given a bit more effort into the team. Um, and, and that's not on the ball stuff. That's off the ball stuff. That's why I know a lot of people, uh, you know, I get a bit of a ribbon for, for the criticism that I give Scott Wright at times, but but that's why he frustrates me more than any other player is, is off the ball. I mean, you notice that a lot of times in that first half, he was just wandering about when, when they were on the attack. I don't get it. Ryan Kent, I think, is deserves criticism tonight for that as well. I thought, I thought, um, I mean, I've, I've seen some comments on, on Twitter, you know, calling that he should be possibly taken out of the team. It's not the first time that that's been levelled at him in a Rangers jersey. If you remember, I seem to remember um, last, particularly at the start of last year, um, when he sort of had he came back after his injury spell. He got uh, people were calling for him to take a rest, and that's what happened. And he came back and he was stronger. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think what we could improve on is basic, basic, simple, simple things. That's I, I can't remember who it was that put it in. I think it might have been Scott Cameron put it in our group chat. But basically, that's um, seven, maybe six of the goals that we've conceded in the last two games are preventable, I think. Um, and that is the only sort of positive that I can see from this. I just hope that that the players are, and again, I cannot believe I'm saying this in, in September, <laughs> after our first Champions League game, that I, I hope they're still fighting for the manager. Um, I, I mean, you and I are obviously haven't seen any of the post-match uh, reaction stuff. It'll be dead interesting to see how how Geo is after that. But um, yeah, I know. I've, I mean, we might as well come on to it. I've seen seen quite a few calls for it on Twitter. Um, a few people have asked said that that, that this is perhaps a, a result too far for the manager. Um, bit early to be calling for his his resignation, Ross, at, at this stage in the season, given what he did got us to a European final and won us a Scottish Cup last year as well. Yeah, definitely too early to be calling for the manager. I think a lot of people will listen to this back and if they listen to me on Monday, they'll be like, well, you've changed your tune. You were so critical of the manager on Monday. Um, and I was, I was critical of the manager on, on Monday, but that was based on domestic uh, performances and results. Now, I'm not excusing this performance in the Champions League. Uh, we have got here now. We've earned the right to be here. And it's important that we show up and and we make a really good account of ourselves. You said at the beginning, we're not expecting Rangers to go out there and absolutely batter these teams. Ultimately, we're probably going to lose three or four of these games in the group, if we're honest. But we just want the team to to give back a wee bit. We've backed them. Um, we just want performances in the Champions League. That's all. Um, we're not asking for much. In terms of the manager... 
Yeah, it's way too early. You can't you can't you can't sack Giovanni Van Bronckhorst based on one result in the Champions League. We have to remember that ultimately we are moving up a level tonight. Now, of course, we played some great teams last year and and uh and I have heard that argument, you know, we played the likes of Dortmund and Leipzig and these teams are in the Champions League and that's fine. But it was knockout stages and there was a lot of pressure in those games and and that pressure told on these Leipzig and Dortmund teams and we've done fantastically well to progress. In a group stage like that, I always feel there's a wee bit less pressure on teams and they just come out and play their football and I think that's what we've seen tonight. Of course, we've seen a poor performance from Rangers, but we did see a great performance from Ajax. At points in that first half, they were pulling us around like, and they had so many overloads and they were making it look easy and that's really difficult to deal with. I'm not excusing the performance, but there's got to be a wee bit of understanding of the level of opposition and I think that's ultimately what will save Van Bronckhorst here. I don't think you can remove the manager after after that sort of result. You know, it's it's a sore one. Uh, I think it makes it even worse because we lost 4-0 at the weekend to Celtic at Parkhead. But we can't remove a manager after the first game of the Champions League. We we need to understand of the level here. If let, let's just let's just say right now, if we go to Aberdeen at the weekend and we don't get a really positive result and a really positive performance, may I add, the team need to give a performance now, then I can understand people calling for the manager's head and, in fact, I'll find it difficult to defend them because I was very critical on Monday. So it's too early for me. I know a lot of people will disagree with that. That's okay. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I, I, I'm the exact same as you in, in terms of that. I think it's the games in the Champions League are, are almost a, a free hit. Um, I think any win or a draw is against some of these levels, all position is a, is a bonus. Um, I mean, <laughs> you look at the other teams we've got to play in the group in terms of Napoli and, and Liverpool, it's... I think we're just going to have to go and and, and enjoy these nights for for the spectacle of of, of what they are. Um, I think it's far too early to 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 call for Van Bronckhorst's resignation. Um, I don't know. It's something something's happened behind the scenes. Um, it's almost like you could almost sense it again with a sort of Gerard era. I remember when everybody was sort of coming out and going, "There's something not not quite right here." And, and and I don't know I don't know what it is I don't know if there's been a fallout from 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 the weekend I don't know if that's shocked them um, that the fact that it's a, a result like that has happened not once but uh, but we also had the February result at, at Parkhead as well but you know I, I saw and there was a good comment on Twitter and it was somebody just put something like there was no invention no ideas no creativity no desire no physicality no confidence no direction and no belief in ourselves that's all we have to change. <laughs> For, it's, for, for it's hard to disagree with any of that to be honest isn't it it's hard to disagree yeah do, do you think that it, this maybe stems from the recruitment now obviously we've seen that with Van Bronckhorst coming out in the mm -hmm. the press conference the last couple of days and he's defended that Rangers didn't go into the transfer market in the last week and he says he's happy with the squad I don't remember Gerard ever coming out and questioning the board and, and publicly saying that he wasn't happy with the recruitment. I don't remember that. I remember maybe saying he was frustrated that some deals weren't getting pushed over the line and things. But we did see after Gerard left that he came out and he was honest and said he didn't feel like the board had backed him and he wanted to go again. Yeah. Now, that is what I think happened last season when we all felt that something had happened behind the scenes, but we didn't know at the time. 
Could it be something similar? Could it? Be, I know that Van Bronckhorst comes out in the press conference and he rightly does come out and make make it out like there's nothing going on in the background and he's happy with everything because really we've seen it down south with Scott Parker. We've also seen it today with Thomas Tuchel. I think he questioned Chelsea's recruitment during the summer. It doesn't really end well for the manager if that's the approach you take. So do you think maybe there's something behind the scenes maybe with the recruitment that's unsettled everyone? I, I think you could be onto something there. I mean, look, as you said, Gio would be daft to say anything, but he was happy with it or else he, he wouldn't be in a job, I think. And again, it's I've seen it level that Gio, I think he's a bit more of a, a, I don't know if it's the correct analogy, but a bit more of a company man, if you know what I mean. I think he's a lot more, you know, on message and, and things like that. But I, I think you could be correct um, because I, I think everybody can see that this this squad isn't equipped for for this level of football, and it was it was evident on that that pitch tonight. Gio can only work with the personnel that he's been given. You know, do you, do you criticise the manager for for not being at Douglas Park's door, chapping it, and you know, a couple of days before the transfer window, saying we need people in, we need people pronto. You know, we we had the links with the. I can't remember the, the guy's name, but the uh, Raskin from Belgium and uh, the the Brazilian that plays the, with Michelin. Evander. Yeah. Evander, yeah. And, you know, they seem like players that, you know, six, seven million pound players that, that could sort of compete at this level. You know, I, again, I never know how much it, it, truth is in it, but the, I saw the thing about Scott Olsen. He seems to be absolutely tearing it up in the, in the Belgian league as well. I think he's, I think it was, was it, 71 uh, minutes for, for every sort of goal contribution, be it an assist or scoring himself. Um, yeah, it's you don't know. You know the board's been very quiet in transfers, but I think I think there could be something in that because it, it's evident we have. I, I know we we could maybe say it maybe goes a bit um, unsaid at times, but we do have a a, a lot of players and uh, and in, in injury. Uh, last at the moment and I don't think that's helping I think that's compounding matters even more but yeah I th- I there, think... there was just something I wanted to highlight just sorry I didn't mean to cut you off Um, there was just something I wanted to highlight and I'm curious to know how you think of this as well obviously we can criticise Van Bronckhorst and we can criticise the recruitment the thing that I've been really disappointed with in the last two games is the big players in our team the Taverniers, the Goldsons, the Lundstroms, I've not felt that real presence from them to carry the team and get them through. There's just something not been there. I thought some of their performances at Parkhead were atrocious, and ultimately we've seen that again tonight. Um, I don't think Goldson done anything too bad tonight, to be fair, but Lundstrom was slack, and Tavernier was obviously criminal for, criminal for the third goal. And th- these guys are the, the three names on the team sheet, including the goalkeeper, obviously. That he Van Bronckhorst really trusts these guys, mm-hmm. and I've not felt like our big players. You can probably include Ryan Kent in that as well. They've just not turned up for us in the last couple of games. You can sometimes um, forgive players that play more of a bit part role, and they come in and out, and you can you can let that go. But see if you've got your big players there, it makes such a big impact. And I've just not felt their presence at all. And that's the bit that I can't understand. If Van Bronckhorst was annoyed with recruitment and there was a wee bit of unsettled unsettlement behind the scenes, I don't understand how that would affect the big players in the dressing room because ultimately they play for Rangers and I would expect them to drive uh, you know, all of these players through this. Yep. I've just not felt it at all. I, I just They've been lacking real influence on that football pitch and in two games that 
you need your big players. If your big players don't show up at Parkhead, you will not win. If your big players don't show up in an away game in the Champions League, you are going to struggle. Yeah. And we've seen that twice. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point that you've said. And, you know, it's something I've thought about myself. But you look at it, if you're talking about, I mean, I think you can, when Gio was talking about, you know, he talked to the, what do you call it, the sort of senior uh, not management team, but the senior leadership team, that's what they get referred to as. That's your Lundstroms, your your Goldsons, your Tavs, and and possibly I can maybe can't see Kent being as vocal in that, but yeah, I would certainly he's one of your your uh, he's been at the club for what five, six years now. He's he, he knows what it's all about. Recruiting wise, did we go in and fill a right back? No. Did we go in and get a centre back that was going to challenge Goldson? No. Did we go in and get a defensive midfielder that was going to challenge Lundstrom? No. Did we go in and get a, a, a left winger that was going, going to challenge Kent? No. It's not a coincidence for me that Barisic has seriously upped his game since Yelmaz has come in. He's, he's got a bit of competition there. These four guys don't have anybody behind them to, to push them. I mean, who's, who's as you said, who's replacing Tav? It's, it's Leon King. He's not. It's not even his natural position at, at, at right wing. Um, and and you know Sakala clearly isn't. He's maybe the only player that I could see that might be challenging Kent on the left. Uh, but I don't see him getting any game time soon. Um, there's maybe an argument for playing Matondo on the left, um, given that that's where he seemed to have a lot of his success last year in the Belgian league. Um, but. Yeah, that that's the only reason I can think of is that there's nobody challenging these guys. And what what is there? I mean, other than playing for Rangers and playing in the Champions League, it's ridiculous saying it. But like, what what is their motivation? Because regardless of how poor they're playing, they're going to start the next game, aren't they? So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to single out those four guys in particular, but it's just <laughs> seeing as you did ask. Yeah, it's just it's just the it's the, that's what I've been disappointed with. It's the big players, and and I can understand. I think you've made a great point there, actually, with Barisic, because I think Barisic has arguably been our best player for the last two or three games, and he he knows there's someone right behind him pushing him. You made a great point for the rest of them. They don't really have that, and I think that's maybe what's holding them back. So I feel sorry for the manager in that uh, regard, because if these players are are playing below the level he expects, he doesn't really have anyone else to bring in. So And if he does make that change and he starts taking out these big players... We all know what professional footballers can be like, you know, it could it could unsettle the dressing room when these big players are left out. So listen, this is why Van Bronckers get paid the big money to make these decisions. And if and and listen, he'll live and die by them. But all around, I'm just disappointed with the club from top to bottom, to be honest. It's 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 a real low point for us right now. Yeah, I think that's exactly how a lot of Rangers fans are feeling. It's, you know, two weeks ago, there was a real good fuel, uh, fuel factor around the club in terms of qualifying for the Champions League, a, a magnificent one away in Holland. And now, you know, two, two weeks later, we're when they, when they end the 2-4-0 defeats. But look, the last point, I think, Ross, before we leave it, and I think this has been quite a, a cathartic podcast in terms of getting out all the, of what we feel all the issues were. But um. Saturday, um, what do you feel needs to change for, for the game away to Pataudry? Um, and, and how confident are you going into that game? And, and what do Rangers need to do to, to turn it around, so to speak? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not confident, uh, to be honest with you. Now, I know that you should be going away to Aberdeen, but the last two results, yeah, I think it's difficult to have any real confidence in this Rangers side at the moment. What I would say... And I'm not really expecting it, but I think he needs to freshen the team up now. You know, that is two games. We've seen what he probably considers his strongest 11. 
I think he needs to freshen it up. Um, I think he needs to to bring guys like Leon King in. I think he needs to give, you know, maybe Matondo a chance, even Sakala. He's got to bring Morelos in now. The guy needs minutes. He should have been on the park tonight. The game was done. It was a real opportunity to get him some more minutes in the legs. He needs to freshen it up. You know, I'd like to see him, of course, play the, the usual way. Hopefully Tavernier's fit. But even potentially you bring Leon King in at centre-back and you move James Sands one forward. Mm. You know, just 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 something fresh, something that maybe makes opposition teams sit up as well and go, wow, he's changing things. Just a fret. I think we need a freshness now. I think if you go in with that same 11 again, I don't think there's any real momentum being created. And I think the fans will just be up in arms because it's like, how can you perform like that twice within the space of four days and still manage to keep your team the same? You know, I, I just I just don't think stands will, uh, stands, fans will stand for that. So, yeah, I think he needs to freshen up now, to be honest with you. I, I will be confident if he does that, but right now, as it stands, I, I'm not confident. And I said this on Monday. I fear for the manager if he doesn't get a win this weekend. I, I fear for him. I'll find it really difficult to defend his position and I don't think many will defend his position if he doesn't get a result this weekend. Yeah, it's what a set of circumstances to find ourselves in so early on in the season after what what was, you know, a, a, a good, uh, a feel good to the end of last season, uh, although albeit in disappointment with the Europa League, but... Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I think that we are going into this game against Aberdeen. I think everybody knew, looking at the fixtures straight off the bat, that this was going to be a tough few weeks. But but the fact that you know Gio's head's getting called for is is madness. But it's I think there's a, a fair point. I think a lot if we lose and we lose heavily or in a particular and there's no performance at Aberdeen, uh, I think a lot of people you know like you and I that are currently still in the Geo camp will 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 change their their view on that. But uh, look, Ross, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, just want to remind everybody, you know, get us on all the usual socials, Facebook, Twitter. Um, uh, what else is there? Instagram's the other one that I, I never use it. That's why I can't remember it. Um, there'll be a bulletin for, for um, previewing the, the Aberdeen game at the weekend and then we'll have our, our normal Sunday uh, flagship pod at eight o'clock as well. Um, hope to see you all joining in then and, and take care, guys, and we'll see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.